For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hi, this is Stu Hodum with Believe in the Media Guide on the Believe Podcast Network. Do you believe? On March 14th, 15 years to the day that he signed with the New Orleans Saints, Drew Brees retired from the NFL with the most career passing yards, career completions, and single-season pass completions in league history. A day later, he joined a new team, NBC Sports. The former Purdue quarterback will join Mike Tirico as an analyst on Notre Dame football and in the studio on Football Night in America as the Peacock Network prepares to televise Super Bowl 56 on February 6, 2022. NBC Sports executive producer Sam Flood says the Super Bowl 44 MVP's off-season workouts made NBC wonder whether Breeze would retire. Now that it's official, Breeze will play a role beyond football. We are thrilled that Drew is officially on the NBC Sports team. Uh, he scared a bunch of people when he was pushing that sled and getting a massive workout in a few weeks ago, throwing people off the scent and even giving us pause. But we're really excited to have a Super Bowl winning quarterback, future Hall of Famer working for us, coming in in a Super Bowl year, joining football night in Notre Dame. And he'll be part of big events at NBC, like the Olympics and the Derby, as we go forward. And a perfect year to have him join the Super Bowl out in L.A. We can't wait to get going. And then for the Notre Dame games, Mike Tirico and Drew will have a lot of fun in South Bend, the Boilermaker calling the Notre Dame games. Should be a fun listen and a good chance to experience college football again, which is one of the things that's exciting about this deal, touching multiple parts of, of the company and of the sports world. After 10 years as primetime TV's number one show, will Sunday Night Football shake up its booth with play-by-play legend Al Michaels and longtime analyst Chris Collinsworth? Flood anticipates Michaels and Tarico will share duties this year as they did last year, and Breeze will bond with Tarico in the college booth and pro studio. With Mike and Al, that process is, conversations continue. It'll be similar to this last year um, in terms of how we map that out. Uh, in terms of the booth for Sunday Night Football and Chris, Chris remains you know, among the best who have ever done it, and the plan is to have him in that chair for a long time. So the opportunity down the road is, is not something we're looking at right now. We're focused on Football Night in America, the Notre Dame, partnership with Mike Tirico, uh, and, and that's really what this opportunity is about. With last week's news of Jim Nance staying with his analyst and $17 million man Tony Romo for years to come, Breeze has been compared to his former NFC rival, whom he beat three times in five matchups. Breeze joined New Orleans in 2006, the same year Romo became the starting quarterback for Dallas. Breeze admires Romo's transition and looks forward to finding his own style. I think Tony's done a great job. And I think that what, uh, I think what Tony did was, I, I think he, he very quickly showed, uh, you know, football fans everywhere, just the way that an NFL quarterback can see and process the game. 
And it's obviously um, maybe much different than what they've they've seen or heard before. And um, uh, obviously, he's had a ton of success. And, and listen, Tony has his own style. And I think that the the best piece of advice that I've gotten so far, uh, when stepping into this business and, and stepping into the booth, is just to be yourself. And I think uh, that's exactly what Tony's done. I think that if you look at all all the great broadcasters um, from Chris Collinsworth to you know Troy Aikman to you know John Gruden to you know all, all the guys from history, um, man, everybody had their own style, right? John Madden. I mean, you 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 want uh, you certainly want the the fans to kind of get a glimpse into the way that you see and process the game, but also feel your love and passion for the game. And I think that's what was so in- intriguing about making this transition from being a player to jo- going into the booth is that I love this game and I love watching this game. I love talking about this game, and it gives me the opportunity to stay very closely connected to show my love and passion for the game, but in a different way. And also for fans to get a glimpse into how I see it, how I process it. And then the trick is to be able to articulate that in a way where fans can not only understand it, but I want them to walk away from the game after listening to me talk about it saying, man, I know a lot more about the game now, or I know a lot more about that player or that, or that team, or I I have a new appreciation for it. Um, And, and also uh, feel that they were, it was very entertaining. Notre Dame's second home game of the year on September 18th will be against Purdue. Breeze is ready to return to South Bend after suffering two losses by three total points there during his college career. Don't think I didn't see that on the schedule right away. Um, I, 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 I remember vividly uh, my, my two uh, experiences at Notre Dame, both in 1998 and 2000. Both games, in my opinion, we should have won and somehow, some way, touchdown Jesus uh, got us in the end. Um, but, um, I'm, I'm extremely excited to, to be able to be in the booth with Mike Tirico, uh, broadcasting the, um, those Notre Dame games. You know, there's, there's no question that that is, uh, really one of the epicenters of college football. Um, the, the history and the nostalgia that exists there. And I think just what that place represents to so many people, it, it is a special place. And, um, I will say this, I, I, I will be impartial for every game <laughs> with the exception of the Purdue game because my, my bloodlines run deep with the black and gold and the Boilermakers. But no, on, on a serious note, I'm, I'm excited to, to, to be a part of that and, um, and, and really continue, I think, the legacy of you know, what, what Notre Dame football has meant to so many and, and obviously extremely excited to be in the booth with Mike Tirico. The Texas native played four years in West Lafayette, Indiana, so he appreciates the passion of fans in the Hoosier State. Did the Fighting Irish recruit him out of Austin's Westlake High School? No, Notre Dame did not show me any interest, and I do not blame them because there, <laughs> there was nothing memorable about me, I don't think, as a, as a high school uh, quarterback, or certainly nothing um, that would have jumped off the page. Um, we had a ton of success as a, as a high school program. Um, I mean, never lost a game, but and won, won a state championship my senior year, went 16-0, and won the 5A state championship. I was the 5A state player of the year. Um, but I really wasn't recruited by anybody. You know, I was recruited by Purdue and Kentucky. And, and I'd say the only reason I was recruited by those guys is because they had two brand-new head coaches, uh, Joe Tiller coming to Purdue from Wyoming, and um, – um, uh, who was the Kentucky head coach? 
Oh, my goodness. Uh, anyway, coming from Valdosta State, and um, both of them had spread offenses. Both of them had to throw together. It was Hal Mummy. Hal Mummy came from Valdosta State to uh, Kentucky. Both of them had spread offenses, and both of them had gotten you know hired in late December and had to throw together a recruiting class. And so those guys, I think, just kind of went out and basically took who they could get at that point. Um, and I certainly ended up in the right place at Purdue. Got a, an incredible education and. Uh, four years of Big Ten football where we went to bowl games every year and won a Big Ten championship and had a Rose Bowl appearance my senior year. So um, I, w- I would say, you know, the the passion of the fans in Indiana, w- what I loved was, you know, it- it- it's a shame that that Purdue-Notre Dame game annual match uh, went away for a while. I-, I-, I hope that it comes back in perpetuity at some point. Um, I'm really happy to see that Purdue will be at Notre Dame this year. That that'll be a great matchup and kind of renew that rivalry. Um, but you know, when I got to to Purdue, man, we were playing Notre Dame every year. We were playing IU every year, and so just these in-state rivalries. And you know, you're, you're playing for the old oak and bucket, or you're you're playing for the shillelagh. You know, you're, you're you've got all these these trophies that are involved in the games and, and history. And obviously, the the state is divided because you've got all these alums from three schools all spread out and it just made for an incredible atmosphere. While his new career likely will be defined by his NFL work, he credits a game between his alma mater and a Heisman Trophy winner four years ago as the moment he knew he wanted to be a broadcaster. I probably didn't think about it until about two or three years ago. Um, You know, I've always loved watching football, you know, even when I wasn't playing it, you know, people would always ask me, you know, do you you go home and just shut the TV off because you just I've had enough of it. And, and I was like, no, absolutely not. I love the game. I'm a fan of the game. I love watching college football. I love watching NFL. So if a game's on, I'm typically watching it. And usually I'm sitting back and watching it from a quarterback's perspective. You know, I'm, I'm studying the game. I'm studying the offense. I'm trying to anticipate, you know, what moves are going to be made on both sides of the ball. I mean, that's just kind of the way we process it as a quarterback. But over the last couple of years, I, I really started listening to commentators and listening to their delivery and how they would set things up and the topics they would choose to talk about. And the game became even more interesting that way, just feeling like that was something that I can transition to. And I'd say the defining moment for me was a few years ago, actually before the NFL season started, I believe this would have been 2017. Um, I, I flew my family up to Indianapolis because Purdue was hosting um, Louisville and Lamar Jackson uh, in the uh, uh, Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis. And it was before our NFL season had started. We had a weekend off. So I flew the family up there to watch the Boilermakers and was watching the game and was invited into the studio to, to chat football and the upcoming season, but also to comment on the game. And I'm telling you, when I put those headphones on and I started seeing the game from that vantage point and then beginning to talk about it, it was like the light bulb went on. And I said, man, I can do this and I would love it. And I think I could be really good at it. And I think that's when I really started to think about it and take it serious. To get a sense of how fired up Breeze was before that game on September 2nd, 2017, here's his pregame message to the Boilermakers, as captured by at Boiler Football on Twitter. Hey, first of all, it's an honor to be here, to be able to talk to you before this game. Um, this is a, it's a big night. This is significant. Um, you guys are the next era of Purdue football. Now, sit here for a second and think about that, all right? You guys are the next era of Purdue football. That is something to be so damn proud of, all right? Myself, Chris Clopton, Ben Smith, those are two of my former teammates. 
who we started an era of Purdue football back in 1997 with Joe Tiller. Hadn't had a winning season for about 13 years. We rounded off about 10 straight bowl games. And when we came in, we were the last place recruiting class in the Big Ten. We said, forget that. By the time we leave here, we're going to be Big Ten champs. And we worked our butts off. We believed in one another. And we accomplished that goal. That's exactly where you guys are right here, right now. I bet you all, all the critics and everybody else out there is probably saying, Purdue's not going to do anything. But you know what? You are. Because we all believe in you. You've got as, as strong a support staff, as great a head coach, as great a university and alumni base backing you guys, and as great a, a group of former players backing you guys as any other school out there. And I know you've worked your tails off to get to this point. This is a new era of Purdue football, and it starts tonight. And it's about all you guys doing this for one another. 2017, the year he gave that speech, Breeze says he began to think about the end of his NFL career, and he explains why he ultimately decided to move on from the field to the booth. Ever since the 2017 season, I have truly approached each season like it could be my last. And I've, I've, I've approached the offseason that way, and then I've approached each and every game during the season that way. Um, there was no additional pressure with that because I really tried to play every game like it was the Super Bowl, like it was the most important game of the season. So my preparation was always the same. It was always consistent. Um, I always wanted to put my absolute best on the field every time out. What I started to do was maybe just enjoy some of the little things a, a bit more. Um, so the, the, the bus rides home, the plane rides home, the locker room after, you know, the, just smell the roses, so to speak, and, and really just stay in the moment and enjoy it. And knowing that if something happened where all of a sudden it was an injury or whatever, and that was my last game, then I know that I poured everything I could into it. And I've just approached each year for the last four or five years that way with that mindset. And I feel like that's that served me well. I think I played some of my best football during that time. At the end of the day, there's the, the factors that go into this are, um, you know, I've always said as long as I could play the game at a high level, um, I'm having fun doing it, um, and able to stay healthy, then you know this is something I'll do forever. You know, obviously I've had some injuries the last two years that have been frustrating. Um, you know, both of them kind of freak things. Um, I don't think they were injuries that were saying I was getting old, <laughs> you know, but, but nonetheless, you know, I have the thumb that holds me out five games two years ago and then had the ribs and the lung that holds me out for four games this past year. Um, could I keep playing? Yeah, I'm sure I could. Um, but I'm also looking at, you know, my kids, my family, the age of my kids and, you know, just gauging all of those things, you know, there's a balance there. And, um, I also just felt like I would just feel it. I would feel when it was time, and I felt that it was time. As one of the most prolific passers in NFL history and a certain first ballot Hall of Famer, Breeze believes his career of studying playbooks will pay off as an analyst and help fans understand the game better. There's a way that I would study opponents. There, there's a way that I would prepare to go out and play my very best. And I think the analysis of a game, of an opponent, of a team, is very much the same in that regard. Um, you know, I, so from, from that perspective, you know, I think that especially having a great familiarity with um, the teams, certainly in the NFL, and once I have a chance to really study Notre Dame, um, I think that you'll, you'll begin to anticipate, you know, have a really great understanding both offensively and defensively of what's happening 
be able to anticipate, you know, what's coming, the things that are happening. You know, you watch players grow and develop and mature, and you're able to talk about that. I just think there's so many positive themes and so many great things that, that we're going to be able to talk about and, and also just allow fans to see the game, obviously, from, from again, from a quarterback's perspective and then a guy who's fresh out of the NFL game and certainly sees and processes the game differently than probably what they've heard before. In a football life of nearly 30 years, Breeze explains why it's so difficult to close the chapter on his playing career and why he's excited to share his passion for the game with NBC Sports viewers. This decision was, it's always, it's, of course, it's a difficult one. I mean, I think that the biggest thing is you, you have been, you have been a football player for so long. So going back, I mean, let's, I'll count high school because, you know, high school football was very important to me. So from high school to college to the NFL, that's 28 years, you know, so that's two thirds of my life. I'm 42 years old, right? So for two thirds of my life, every decision that I've made has had football as the focus, right? You know, every decision you make is based on you as a football player. What's going to help you be in the best position to succeed as a football player? Um, the, you know, every decision from the perspective of diet, you know, what you're putting in your body and how you're working out and how you're recovering and the amount of time that you're dedicating yourself to being the very best you can be at your craft. And, you know, I, I, I understand why guys have such a hard time with the transition from football. You know, I would compare it to if you are a heart surgeon and you have trained a majority of your life to be the very best heart surgeon that you can be from your, your, uh, from college to your postgraduate studies, to med school, to your residency, to then be finally becoming a doctor, being a heart surgeon, having a chance to do something that so few get to do, but you've trained your whole life and have these dreams and ambitions of becoming this. And then all of a sudden, somebody t- you wake up one day and, and somebody tells you you can't do it anymore. You know, so I, I, I get that. I, I'd say that's where the biggest, maybe, I think, fear and stress for most guys is just from conversations I've had with so many is, man, there is a transition, right? There is a transition from playing the game to, to going and doing anything else. Cause you can't replicate the locker room and you can't replicate running out of the tunnel. Uh, there's just moments and feelings and emotions that are really, really hard to replicate after you've been a professional football player. Um, now I think the great thing about the opportunity that I have is Number one, I transitioned from one incredible team to another incredible team with NBC, the best of the best. I transitioned from a locker room where, man, I had so many great relationships and so much love and, and, and appreciation and admiration for the people that I work with. I know this, you know, Mike Tirico has been one of my favorite guys in the business for a very long time. And I'm as excited to be in the booth with Mike Tirico as I am as I was to throw passes to Michael Thomas on Sundays. And, and I'm dead serious when I say that. And, and so, and, and I get to talk about the game of football. I get to eat, sleep, and breathe the game of football still. I get to show my love and passion for the game still, but just in a different way. And I, I, I feel like that's, that's certainly what will help ease the transition for me from being a player to now 
this role. Thanks for listening to Believe in the Media Guide. If you enjoy this show, please subscribe and rate the podcast on iTunes and find us wherever you get podcasts, including Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V.com. I'm on Twitter at Hotem, H-O-T-H-E-M as in Mary. Stay tuned and stay safe. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.